64 <laughs> red raw is exactly what I would say if this was bingo, according to the bingo website that I just looked up 30 seconds ago. But it's not. Luckily, it's a football podcast. Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 64. We're covering all the Euro stuff this week. Plenty of Champions League, not plenty of Champions League, but some great Champions League. Uh, Real Madrid racked up La Liga. We've got that. We've got a bit of uh, Serie A watch. We've got some Ange watch over in Scotland. We've also got a little bit on the relegation battle because Everton dumped Chelsea three points that no one expected coming for Everton. Uh, All that and more, but probably not any more than that. Tommy's on the other end of the line. Where do you want to start with this, mate? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm just I'm wondering now how lucky the listener is that this isn't a bingo podcast. Maybe we could be the number one bingo podcast in the world. It's it's a long shot. Do they do like regional bingo tournaments? Is you know, are, are there a bunch of boomers just out there having their wheels spun trying to trying to beat the other ones? Now that I the, think the about it. Now that I think about it, probably easy to become the number one bingo podcast because it would. I mean, old people can't work out Bluetooth, let alone let alone run a podcast, let alone run a podcast about bingo. They're all too busy playing bingo to have a podcast about it. So, um, yeah, there must be like a clergy of failed bingo men and women though, who feel like the only way they can access the game is by merely remarking on it through like an audio medium. I don't know. You're telling me. This is your story. (laughs) It's an allegory, Sam. It's for us. We're the boomers. (laughs) Do you want to start with the Champions League? (laughs) Let's start with the Champions League. Yeah. Um, We'll do Liverpool Villarreal first. Um, I don't know. I can't remember what I predicted here, but I'm guessing it was pretty similar to what happened. Pretty routine, wouldn't you say? It has to be. You would be a brave man to say that Villarreal were going to go to Anfield and win this game. So I don't know. It went it went straight to plan, didn't it? Um, Liverpool did what they do. They turned it on in like a ten minute period and just totally blew the match open. Yeah, they did. I mean, they they didn't need to do too much more. They dominated the game as it was. Sixty seven percent of the ball. Pretty much all the shots. Villarreal got one shot away and it was off target. That was it. Pretty dominant performance from Liverpool. They won every stat that you want to win. So uh, standard procedure. Yeah, pretty much. You can write the scripts for most Liverpool games this season. There was. Did you see any of the um, punditry in the post game, mainly from the English press? They really lit Villarreal up just with like their anti-football physicality, not playing to win the game, not trying to have shots and stuff like that. Yeah. Doesn't it just seem slightly hypocritical to be hearing this come from a league where half the teams do this every week? It does a bit. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. Like We talked about it the other week, but I don't mind teams like Villarreal coming out and doing that when, you know, up against Liverpool. It's when you see the likes of Atletico, obviously a much, much better squad than Villarreal have. And they come out and do the same shit when they've got arguably players who are just as good in certain areas of the park as Liverpool. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. There's definitely you have to factor in the context of what Villarreal have done this season to even be in the Champions League semi-final. It's it might be a little bit like um, patronistic in a way, but 
at the same time, they obviously know where they've come from. This is a huge achievement for them to even be competing in this area. And so it's not too out of the realm for them to go to Anfield and maybe maybe think that a two-goal deficit doesn't completely take them out of the tie. Like, I mean, there's a possibility, right? This is, this is football. Anything can happen on the day. You can get an early goal, unsettle the back four of Liverpool, maybe... I don't know, maybe there's a there's a surprise in store that Klopp hasn't factored for and we could actually see a game in the second leg. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on it. I think it'll be another walk <laughs> in the park. I there's, feel that's yeah. Yeah, I feel kind of bad for our, our Liverpool listeners because we don't really talk about them a lot, but I think it's just because they're so routinely good. Like they don't I don't know, they don't they don't blow me away with their style of football or anything like that, but they're just they're just ruthless winners. And they're kind of like I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I guess they're, you know, them beating Villarreal 2-0 and having all the ball, keeping the clean sheet and getting a couple of goals is I just feel like that's pretty standard. And that's what they do most weeks to everybody. Um yeah. if they don't seem feels- to have like the I'm sure someone will have the stats to prove me wrong, but to me, they don't feel like a side that batters teams, but they just, they still comfortably win. Mm. It feels like a, a nine to five worker that clocks in, you know, two minutes before and leaves two minutes early. Like they are just, they, they're there to do their job and they, but they do it so well and so effectively and they do it in like a nice fluid motion that plays, you know, to sort of football in retrospect because they are physical in their, in their way going forward. They don't really play with a creative midfielder, you know, outside of Thiago maybe, but even then he's very deep. He's not like in the KDB role or like a Foden or Rodrigo or some of the other guys we've seen playing the Champions League at the moment. So I understand what you're saying. And I think you can maybe liken it to the title race at the moment and the EPL um, in that we're looking at one of the closest title races we've seen in a few years, but at the same time, it doesn't feel tense or tight or exciting because you just expect both City and Liverpool to win their remaining games and City just to win the league by a point. Yeah, it does seem that way. Like, they're just, I guess we maybe take Liverpool for granted. It's probably, yeah. You know? You're probably right. Because um, if they weren't there, the Premier League race would be absolute boring as batshit. Mm. Um, it would be garbage, yeah. Yeah, be. and I think just, I guess a lot of that kind of, there's that extra kind of mythicism, I guess, about like Pep Guardiola and the Tiki Taka all that kind of crap that you always hear about and kind of is like perpetuated in the media all the time. You know, he's come from Barcelona having won all this stuff and now he's he's doing it with Man City and he's done it with Bayern. So it's just, you know, there's a lot of stuff all the time about the way Pep's teams go about it. Mm. Um, but Liverpool are just equally impressive and it's you can't take anything away from him at the moment. Yeah, no, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, we should. It's one of those things. It's, it's so hard to just continually every week um, absolutely gas up these two teams and just we, we know why they're good and we see why they're good on a week-in, week-in basis, a week-in, week-out basis. Um, but there's no no disrespect whatsoever. Like if these two end up being the two in the final, totally deserve it. And they probably are the two best teams in the world. So, yeah, go, go Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about the other game and let's big up both these teams because I think this is probably the, the game of the Champions League so far. I'm not sure many people would disagree. Um, Manchester City 4, Real Madrid 3, all the big boys playing their part. Uh, Vinicius, Benzema, KDB getting on the score sheet. Um, did you catch this one? Absolute corker. 
I did. I, I mean, you had it down as match of the Champions League. I think it's the best match I've seen full stop this footballing season across any global division. You just it, There was a compilation of skill moves in the wake of it and like just the allure of talent and these individuals just doing crazy, ridiculous things throughout the game. But things that were like opening up chances and creating goals, there was the, the Vinicius dummy uh, on Fernandinho on halfway, which was absolutely scrumptious. Uh, Foden at one point pulls the air, uh, pulls the ball out of the air over his shoulder, and in one touch kills two defenders. Like Bernardo yeah. Silva was playing keepy ups for twenty yards, knocking it over the midfielders um, advancing on him. There was just some absolutely insane moments in this game, and yeah, this is this is the beauty of the Champions League, and this is probably why we do tune in at such ridiculous hours to see this stuff. Yeah. Um- I love just kind of seeing the clash in styles as well, but both mm. uh, two different two styles that are both trying to score goals though, uh, but in in very different ways. Obviously, Real Madrid just seem. I <laughs> I watched their game on the weekend in La Liga against Espanyol, where they won four 0 wrapped up the title. I'm pretty sure. Um, I fell asleep just before the end, but uh, they. <laughs> He did well. <laughs> Every time I watch Real Madrid, they're just kind of like uh, you watch them and they don't seem special in any way at all. Like not in the sense like we just talked about Liverpool just kind of going about their business. Real Madrid just don't have anything about them when you watch that seems special, yet they have these moments where they just, these gun players do turn up and make something happen and score a goal, but not in the same way. PSG do it where they just rely on their good players to do something magical. Real Madrid still have this kind of organized chaos to them that Ancelotti brings and it just works wonders for them. It's definitely a hallmark of an Ancelotti side and then he gets them so in tune with one another and so well organized and like knowledge, uh, knowledgeable of each other's strengths and characteristics that you are able to play with a sort of freedom that brings in the you know the best aspects and traits of the guys around you and you see that that's why Real Madrid looks sleepy for 20 minutes and then all of a sudden bang bang like Benzema's finished a half chance and Vinicius has burned someone on halfway and created a goal because you know that's I I think that's the hallmark of a of a really good side you know you can have these differing um like outlooks like you said the different ways these two these two teams play I think you can look at both of them and say oh these these are both fantastic formats of football these are great brands to watch yeah no i'm not sure do you think the winner of this trumps which brand of football is better uh no no (laughs) i mean it could be because they're they're two really great you know explorative points of possession-based tiki-taka absolute domination control versus organized structure you know not to say City don't have the same team knowledge as Real Madrid have, but they're, they're playing with a sort of freedom of understanding of one another at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to make a contest of everything like that, though, I think. so. But it is a contest, Sam. Yeah, between <laughs> two clubs. Um, yeah. It doesn't... People do love drawing a line in the sand of stuff and saying, no, nah, this is... It's definitive now. This style is better. It works better. Like, you know, so many variables. Just enjoy it. Enjoy watching it. Enjoy the chaos. Um, yeah, seven goals in this first one. Uh, part of me does still feel, though, like I actually think in the second leg, Man City probably run away with it. I reckon they win by a couple of goals in Madrid because Madrid will have to chase a goal now. 
Um, I think City will just be too good and they'll create too many chances and they'll score at least a few of those. Yeah, it's an interesting predicament. Madrid um, maybe hurt like the league hangover as well, having just won it on the weekend. Yeah, there's you know. that. I mean, in my mind, that makes... Because Madrid just won the league on the weekend, I get that there's like the league hangover, but it makes me think that they would be more galvanised for this game because they have one yep. thing left to do now this season and it's on their patch. And not to say City had a tough time against Leeds on the weekend because they didn't really at all. And they were able to rotate and, you know, rest some players here and there. Uh, I don't know. I just, obviously, for the sake of the tie, you'd love to see Madrid score in the first 15 minutes, get to halftime at 1-0, and then see what the game has for 45 minutes left. I think that would be the best contest. And maybe you would see City run away with it in that in that situation. Um I'm not here to make predictions. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wake up extraordinarily early and watch this and enjoy it. I think. Yeah, that seems the way to go. Just enjoy it. Go along for the ride. Um, I think the only way we'd get a better game is if Liverpool meet Man City in the final because mm-hmm. they are, you know, they've already played <laughs> so many cracking games against each other this season. It just it feels like it would be really fitting if they met in the Champions League final just to cap it off. I also, the cynic in me thinks that maybe you'd get like a bore 0-0, 1-1 after extra time penalty shootout result. I, I think these two have shown enough against each other to show they're not just going to sit back and try for that draw. I think there's that kind of mutual respect there as well that they know that both teams are here to play. Um, we're here for a contest. So let's go for it. Yeah. None of this. Don't dick about. Get on with it. Yeah, I agree with that because I think Liverpool would probably beat Real Madrid. If it was the other way, I think so. Yeah, yeah, but you know, who knows? They Real Madrid surprise everyone, and they keep surprising everyone. They do. It's that thing you keep saying. I mean, they haven't really even been raved about this season like they have in the past, and they could potentially be league and Champions League double winners. Yeah, they've been impressive in La Liga. Still, even when they've played poorly, they've came back. They've come back and won. Um, mm. Ancelotti now has. Is the first manager to have won. Was won in every, every of the, every one of the top five leagues. He's won it. Yeah, yeah, top five in inverted commas. I don't think. Yeah, what's well, the, you know what I mean. What's the fifth one that's well, he, included? Is it Dutch PSG? League? No. Well, he's PSG, France, yeah. Bayern, Germany. Um, oh yeah, Germany. Italy, Spain, England. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, AC Milan, Real Madrid, and Chelsea. It's impressive. No, without a doubt. He probably goes down as like the bigger goat than Pep or Klopp then, sure. But he's he's my he's my number one like kind of favorite manager just from like that that era when I was younger growing up watching AC Milan. They yeah, when he was in charge, incredible to watch. Um yeah, he's just his record is incredible. You can you can take the piss out of some of those leagues and say, yeah, you know, Bayern in Germany, PSG in France, they're mm-hmm. no brainers. But the Champions League's also kind of to his name speak for themselves. Yeah, there's that as well. No, there's definitely yeah. that. And it, it, it's those achievements which we're probably going to get onto with Milan in a while because they haven't won it since, have they? So he has done some crazy things with different clubs that they haven't been able to emulate going forward. Uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure who was in charge last time Milan won. I can't remember off the top of my head, 2011. Um, but yeah, there we go. We're gonna we can talk about them now though because Italy 
heated up again during the week because Inter finally played their catch-up game against Bologna. And we posted it on the Facebook page, but a rigged or shit nomination for the Inter keeper. Uh, <laughs> what do we reckon? <laughs> rigged or shit? That has to be rigged, man. That, for me, in my mind, and, you know, I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist, but, like, that doesn't look like a mistake. That looks like he knows exactly what's about to happen when he it digs his foot into the ground. Trying to <laughs> <laughs> the he lets it, lets it run across his body. He completely misses it. Um, Even could, the makeup, you're like, ugh. It could not have come at a worse time for Inter. So... It was the it was the winner as well in the 81st minute. It was their backup mm. keeper. It's not Handanovic, their usual keeper. It's Andre Radu, their backup keeper, who has barely played this season. He comes in and that happens. And it it basically left the title in Milan's hands. And then both teams, Inter and Milan, won on the weekend. Uh, it leaves us with a table. Now two points in Milan's favour. So... If Milan were to win two of their games and draw one and into one or three and they finish level on points, uh, Milan would win the league because it doesn't come to goal. Goal difference isn't a thing in Syria. It comes down to head-to-head and Milan got the better of Inter in the derbies, so they would be champions, but there's still three big games to go. It's all in Milan's hands. Yeah, I did. I remember asking you on the weekends, um, evaluating the run-in of both sides. Uh, looks like Milan may have the slightly tougher run in. What do you think? Uh, Milan definitely have the tougher run in. They've still they've got Verona away, which is tricky because Verona have, go through patches where they knock off the big boys a bit. Um, they then have Atalanta at home, which is you know a bit of a coin toss. Atalanta nowhere near what they were last season. They're down in eighth at the moment, but still another very tricky game. Um, they also have Sassuolo, who Sassuolo have been getting. They were nicknamed the Giant Killers this year, I think. But um, and then Napoli absolutely blew them away. So uh, that may not yeah, be them at the moment. You're looking at yeah, Milan have to play seventh, ninth, and eleventh. And like you said, Sassuolo they've lost the last four of their last five. Uh, but Verona's an interesting one. They've only lost one of their last five. And yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're looking, they're, they're going to finish ninth probably, but Atalanta is the one that are playing for a conference league spot. Still yeah. definitely within a shot. Um, they're going to be going all out and looking for the victory. And they still have the weapons and the talent to be able to do it. So, yeah. And on the, on the flip side, uh, Inter, Inter have Empoli, who are 14th, Sampdoria, who are 15th, and I think Cagliari is the other game. They're 17th. They're mm. absolutely awful. So um, they've definitely got an easier run, although... They do have the Inter do have a Coppa Italia final in the middle of two of those games against okay. Juve. So, okay. you know, it's still very open. Uh, True. The cynic in me believes that Inter will win the league because Milan aren't good enough to win three games in a row, and Inter probably are. <laughs> yeah, but, <fair>. uh, you know, <laughs> in saying that, Milan have won the last three in a row. So, yeah, could so they win through we'll <laughs> We will see. That's, um, and it, the spanner in the works is um, Cagliari as well, obviously, because they're going to be the guys coming. They're in a relegation spot or trying to fight to get out of relegation. So you could see anything crazy happen in that game. You may see a draw. You may yeah. even see a, you may even see the relegation candidate get up, like we've seen in the Prem over the weekend. We can only hope. We can only hope. Forza Milan. Forza Milan. Um, what's next? What have I got on my list here? Uh, Edgewatch. Edgewatch. 
There I don't was... know. We don't, we don't have to whisper it anymore, do we? Because it's almost a thing. Well, uh, we're just going to keep a lid on it just for knock, another week or wood. so. Um, wood. Yeah. Celtic and Rangers met in their 400th old firm of the season. <laughs> um, the most exciting yet. <laughs> obviously, the league splits. So Scotland, we've explained on here before, but, you know, they have 12-team league and then to get to 38 matches, the, they split the table in half for the last five and you play against the other the other teams in your in in the top six or bottom six wherever you land um so it was an old firm celtic pretty pr- probably not the better team in this one but created the clearer chances um found themselves one nil up against the run of play and then after that probably should have buried the game two three maybe even four goals to the good and they just didn't put away chances and Kept Rangers in the game, and their substitute that came on, Fashion Sakala, scored an absolute banger. Beat beat the keeper at the near post, but just that happens sometimes when the finish is that powerful and that accurate. Um, and Rangers got a point, probably not enough for them. They really kind of needed to win it. Celtic fans kind of really celebrating in the end, getting behind the team as though that point was, you know, a, the one a, a defining point. But yeah. So the gap is still six points, but still three games to go. You'd, you'd fancy Celtic to win it. They haven't they haven't lost a league game in twenty eight or twenty nine games now. Wow! So, um, the only blip they've had was that cup semi final loss to Rangers in extra time. Mm. You know? So it would take something magical for them to lose it. But you know, it's that funny time of year. That's an astonishing unbeaten run in the league. Um, Rangers are still preoccupied by European ambition as well. So there's got, I mean, after this, surely there's got to be a shift in mentality from the Rangers guys and think, okay, this is where our energy is for this season. Celtic could probably run away with it now. We had our chance. Um, they're going to, yeah. they'll probably win two of the last three and win it. That is the case. I think like Rangers are, will still be, they're good enough to win all three of their last games. So are Celtic. Uh, it's just, you know, that Scotland comes down to these. Sometimes there's these results. Um, they do happen where teams, the teams that play against Celtic and the teams that play against Rangers are always playing like a grand final of sorts. They always okay, get themselves yeah. up and about for it. So they can be tricky sometimes, but <clears throat> if they, you know, if they stick to their task, generally they're good enough to get the job done. Um, Rangers definitely still in it in the Europa League. They eventually conceded. Uh, they held on for a while there and eventually conceded to Leipzig last week. Uh, in in Leipzig, though, so 85th minute, former Man City left-back Angelino found the score sheet, but they come home to Ibrox with only a 1-0 deficit and they'd, they'd fancy themselves a chance. Hell yeah. I think, I think we said this a few weeks ago, but I, West Ham Rangers is like a legitimate prospect for this final and that would be mind-boggling to see. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling, you reckon? It would be because did you see there was a um, little bit of fan drama with West Ham and the, uh, the French away fans on the, um, on the Friday night or the Thursday evening, Friday morning for yeah. us? Frankfurt's in France, is it? Oh, my bad. I must have been listening to an old podcast. <laughs> Nonetheless, West Ham fans don't like it when you buy tickets uh, in their home end if you're an away fan. Oh, is that say. right? Yes. Uh, Yes, can cause can ruffle a little bit of feathers. Frankfurt are the guys that are known for like selling out other other team stadiums, aren't they? They 
Uh, they somehow end up taking 10,000 extra. They have a pretty good fan base, yeah. I mean, a lot of these German clubs do travel really well to away. I think it's definitely in Germany, it's more of a thing. Like you often see clubs will have their sections of the stadium they're meant to be in, but you'll definitely see lots of spillover into the like kind of general areas. And on the wings and stuff, you'll see lots of people sitting together in their colours, just drinking beer and just... <clears throat> Mingling. smiling at everything and just having a good time at the football, which is great. Uh, but the English don't like that. They want to fight everyone and be angry at the football all the time and shout, you're fucking shit. And you know you are, you're shit. Just stuff like it, that. So It's just banter, Sam. You, you don't understand banter, clearly. Oh, it's just fucking banter, mate. It's fucking banter. Um, are those accents going to get us in trouble? Oh, oh maybe. They shouldn't maybe. No, nah, we have heritage. It's okay. Oh, it's they're okay. going to be angry about it anyway. We're not appropriating shit. It's fine. West Ham aren't massive anymore anyway. No, I mean, they're going to finish outside of Europe. So, But they might win the Europa League. Yeah, they might win the Europa League. Could you fucking imagine? Oh, the carry-on. It could, and that would give them into the Champions League as well. Oh, God, it'd be horrible. The scenes. You're going to need more than uh, Mikel Antonio focal point to get anywhere in the Champions League. I'll tell you how much. I'll take your uh, predictions if you're willing to throw them forward. Frankfurt home to West Ham with a 2-1 advantage and... Rangers at home to Leipzig with a 1-0 deficit. Wouldn't it be great to see the two British clubs knocked out? Um, just for... <laughs> because you're probably going to have an all-British final in the Champions League, so... It could it be would be German. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I mean, Frankfurt is inside, and you know they're going to have a massive support behind them, so... It just depends if West Ham show up, I think. And depends how one-dimensional Moyes wants to play them. Um, you're probably good for a Jared Bowen goal, but Outside of that, they're going to have to be rock steady and defensively um, just huge. And I don't yeah. know that we've really seen that because it didn't really happen against Arsenal on the weekend. And there's been a few leaks in the league lately. I'm not sure. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure West Ham go through, but that could just be my anti-West Ham bias. I think Frankfurt go f- go through at home. I think they're just that that place will be pumping and. They're, they're a good team, Frankfurt, and they're solid. So uh, they're definitely good enough to beat West Ham again. They did it in London. No reason why they can't again. Um, I think Rangers take it to extra time. Mm, cool. And then oh, I really don't. I feel like this game is a real flip of the coin toss because it's as much as I hate them, Rangers are kind of oh, just the plastic RB Leipzig thing really <laughs> – Really eats at me, so I'd love to see them out, but I can't. Uh, nah, I need Rangers out, so come on, Leipzig. But I think Rangers will do enough to take us to extra time, and from there it'll be a toss of the coin. Toss of the coin. You Perhaps did say even that the lottery of the penalty. Oh, we haven't seen a lot of that lately. I've um, said toss of the coin a lot tonight. Yeah, but it feels like that time of the season where you can't really put a definitive pointer down because we've got the good teams playing the decent teams, and one of them is going to come out on top. It was just, it was funny how you said that through gritted teeth then. Rangers or <laughs> German franchise, Red Bull German Plastic franchise. Football. Just mm. what more could you want? Hey, yeah. two clubs that have existed for what, a decade? Awesome. Uh, don't, don't you. <laughs> why are you always trying to upset our Rangers <laughs> listeners? I do a good job. No, I know. I like Rangers. They get me wrong. No, I like you don't. <laughs> I don't know. That was a really nice finish on the weekend. I thought that was a good goal. I do a good then, job of keeping things pretty neutral when, uh, <laughs> when we talk Celtic and Rangers and then you come along and dish up that. And I'm saying this so they all know now. That was low-hanging fruit, though. 
that was there to be taken. Yeah, you're going to hear about this. Well, I'm going to hear about this this week now. Sam, in FIFA 2005, when you had the choice between Celtic or Rangers, I always chose Rangers. So you piece of shit. (laughs) It was a toss of the coin, wasn't it? Look, I can't say. There's no definitive line, Sam. (laughs) Hey, we might finish just quickly with a little bit of, we won't go too deep into it, but there were a couple of real big results in the English top flight this this week. First not, division. No, Man United fans. I know you won, but we're not going to talk about you this week because it was Brentford and we did tip you to win. So um, we're not going to go into that. But Everton's big win against Chelsea out of nowhere, some might say, although maybe you wouldn't say if you saw Chelsea's results over the last month, but definitely a surprise for Everton. And the other one, Burnley beating Watford away. Uh, all of a sudden, Leeds are in strife, but Everton are still kind of clinging there. Or guess what, mate? Leeds or Everton going down? It's a toss oh, of the coin. It is, isn't it? I mean, I did say last week, I think Leeds may be down. And um, this week, I'd like to propose an alternative. I think potentially Brentford are still in this and nobody is talking about Brentford right now. I, and look... Here's my why, reasoning. Why Brentford and not Southampton on the same it's, place? Yeah, I understand that. Um, Everton and Leeds both play Brentford in their remaining games. Mm. And I feel like if both of those sides can beat Brentford, they draw them obviously back into within the three-point margin. And then Brentford are really in for the scrap. Because if you know, Burnley can pick up points against Villa <laughs> twice, I mean, I don't know. I just I don't think they're out of it yet. Well, I, I was just going to say... If- if Leeds and Everton both beat Brentford, then Burnley go down. I think that's what. But that's what I was saying because I think Burnley have the easiest run home because I'm going to play a Villa side, a disinterested Villa side, already looking forward to their Australian vacation. Um, <laughs> they're going to play them twice. They're going to play Newcastle on the last day of the season. Newcastle are safe. They're somehow fucking ninth, which is just insane. And contrary to what people are saying. These Newcastle guys aren't playing for contracts. They already know who they want and they already know who they don't want. So I think you probably already have an understanding by the last game of the season. Newcastle will be a wide out. Uh, Burnley will win that. All they've got to do is beat Spurs. Oh, that's I can't believe you're saying that. Uh, seriously, I think Burnley pick up nine of the last 12. Given, given how many points Newcastle will have since the start of the year. I just think now that they're safe, there's going to be a little bit of a disinterested factor. And come the last day of the season... Um, Burnley have them at home. I would tip the favour. If Burnley needed to win to stay up, they would win. Mm. I'm still wishing Burnley down, I tell you. I just, I don't think it's happening now, which is crazy. How good is I that think, I think it's between, it's between Leeds or Everton, I think, at the moment. And come on, man. I, I still Let think, me hope. <laughs> well, I still think it will be Everton. Uh, I just think they're they absolutely terrible. They're just okay. terrible. And they beat a Chelsea side who, for the last month or so, have been terrible. I guess you could say that about Man United as well. Um, Everton did beat Leeds, I think, crucially, which is if, if Leeds had beaten Everton, that could be, Bielsa that could was be still huge. in charge. Yeah, that's probably going to be the result that could define it in the end. Um, yeah. You know, if Leeds take zero points against Arsenal and Chelsea, it is they'll probably be in the bottom three for the last two games of the season. And that is a difficult place to pull yourself out of. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've said all along, it's been a fun, it's fun to be in a relegation battle, but how fun is it 
when you are teetering on the brink of destruction. <laughs> I just don't want to go into that group of like Fulham, Norwich, Watford, Bournemouth, potentially, you know, uh, up these, down, up down. The yo yo teams, you know, create this yeah. stupid mid division between the Premier League and the Championship. Yeah. I don't want to be in that. I'd rather just be a mid table Championship team. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, is it looking any different this year? It's looking well. This is a really got like you've still got Fulham and Bournemouth are in the top two spots right now to come up again. But there's a really huge game overnight in Nottingham Forest go to Bournemouth, third versus second, and it could potentially decide the automatic promotion spots. Overnight, as in people will know the result by the time they can listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) On the fourth of the fifth. The morning of, you will know whether or not Forest or Bill Bournemouth are up. <laughs> yeah, um, that it annoys me to see that. Like, we're off topic. Well, we're not really off topic. We're just kind of talking now, but that's what this is, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> what topic are we supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, um, we were talking about the relegation in the Premier League, but just at the ch- on the Championship, like you're talking about that middle division there and seeing Fulham and Bournemouth there at the top two at the moment, just, just triggers me a little. I just want to see some more, like you're looking and you got like Nottingham Forest, Huddersfield, United had that kind of one year. I wouldn't mind. They could have another go, uh, but Luton, Luton sitting in six, be cool to see them in even Middlesbrough, another go. Um, Millwall are just outside the top six. So they are routinely in that position. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a mix-up there. Um, but, like, oh, where was I going with this? That it would be beautiful to see Nottingham Tell Forest me. back in the Premier League, surely. Yeah, it would be beautiful to see Nottingham Forest back in the Premier League, definitely. Did you see the stats for Fulham? How they scored 100 goals and Mitrovic broke the championship goal scorer's record? And Yeah, oh, you've actually just reminded me there. But, yeah, go on. Is that it? No, it wasn't that. But, yeah, Mitrovic, unbelievable in the championship this season. Yeah, he is. He's a bully down there. He's a total bully because we've seen him play in the Premier League and he's not exactly up to scratch or he can't keep his mentality or his head about yeah. it when he plays against the big boys. But, you know, you put big fish in a small pond, that guy's going to eat everything in his wake. And that's exactly what he's done. Yeah, 100%. So I remember what I was going to say now, but it was on this week, kind of scrolling through social media as you do. And once again, the viral video pops up of like the. And it's like the saddest Premier League relegations ever. Oh, okay. And it's like, what? What do you mean? Like, they didn't die. The club's alive. <laughs> well, I mean, I think Bolton did die. Like, it's that wasn't even in there though. Oh, and it was like come on. <laughs> these clubs are still open. Their fans can still go watch them play football. Isn't that the number one priority here? My God! And then included Good in point. that video of the saddest relegations was the COVID season when there were no fans and then Fulham went down. And I was like, oh, what's so sad about it? They're gone, they're Fuck. back, they're gone, yeah. they're back, they're gone, they're back. What was so sad about that? Like, just someone has to go down. This is sport. Fuck's sake. And you, you're not dead. You go down and then you play football next season. And even if you go down again like Sunderland did, guess what? They play football the next season and their fans still get to go to the stadium and watch their team. Isn't that what we're all here for? Like Exactly. Or like Derby this season. Or like Leeds in previous years. Like you come back, football teams have a renaissance. Well, just you don't have like 
being in the Premier League isn't the be all and end all of your club. But yeah, they you're do not make win it sound it. like that. You're not going to win the Premier League anyway. You need to be <laughs> in the top. You need to be in the top four or five. You know, the, the top three clubs in the country at any one time, and that's a rotating top three between five or six different clubs over like thirty years. So you're never going to win it. So who cares? Enjoy your time in the divisions. Win some games. Have some fun. Lose some That's games, it. have some fun. Just enjoy it. That's why I think I was really pleased even after Leeds got beat 4-0 to City. It just it looked like the home Leeds fans were just having such a great time. I think they realized we might be at the end of the end of the road here. They just sung for 90 minutes and beyond. Even after the whistle went 4-0 down, they're still louder than the traveling fans, like they should be, but still, you've been belted 4-0. You probably got the right to go home a little bit tight-lived, but no. Nah. They're like, no, nah, we're going to enjoy this. We're going to embrace what's happening. I thought Roy Hodgson was a great example of that on the Watford bench. Uh, during the defeat, he's wearing sunglasses for some reason, not making subs. He doesn't <laughs> give a fuck anymore. <laughs> he's done. Uh, Watford are down. It might be a good spot to end it before we don't give a fuck anymore. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> We've gone full Roy Hodgson with sunglasses. Episode 64, Red Raw, done and dusted. <laughs> Keep- <laughs> Tune in for 64.1 if you want to hear about the Reds because we've secured finals. We're going to be talking about that. So definitely tune into that one as well. Otherwise, the usual shit. Get around us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Check out the website. You can catch all our episodes on there and stuff like that. Nightshiftfootball.com. Have a good week. See you later, guys.